I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. Dak Prescott, uncertain if he's going to play, and Vegas is reacting. Dallas was favored by one and a half points at Minnesota. Now a two and a half point underdog. That's a major move on just the possibility of Dak not playing. World Series now tied up, and Houston is back where they began. A small favorite to win it, minus 135 right now over Atlanta for the series. That's 55% chance Houston gets the ring. Arizona Green Bay, one of the biggest Thursday night games ever. Line opened up. Arizona home team favored by three and a half. A lot of absences. You add it all up. It's six and a half. Arizona over Green Bay. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live on a Thursday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. AJ Hoffman in studio. Now, live radio, baby. We got that big, big Thursday game, and we get to say, hey, off the wire, so-and-so is not playing, so-and-so is. Oh, there's a late line move. And another advantage of live radio is... Things like the Dax story. That should be interesting how the market has reacted to just the potential of him being out. And we'll have that up to the minute odds. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the man who's a fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where we've got an intriguing Thursday night football matchup. The World Series evened up at one game apiece. And Dak Prescott cast some doubts on his availability for Sunday. What is the Vegas lead? Do you think it's possibly the World Series? No, almost certainly so, not. So you're putting almost like a dummy one in there, like if it's like a <laughs> if it's like if it's like a game for like very slow mental people, like a ta- like one of those game shows. I feel like people like us to at least address that baseball exists. <laughs> it does, and if that's as much as we address it in the show, I'm fine with it. Listen, but I I grew up loving baseball. I did too. You know, it's a different era. Different era. And plus, when you have cheaters, the Astros in there. <laughs> I mean, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater is what, what I heard say. on the playground. We're going to take a little curve here because this is such a big Thursday game. We usually start with that and end with that. We're going to do a quick look-see at the news with Dak and then get to Thursday night. Yeah, Dak Prescott says he wants to play but says it's not fully his decision. And since he said that, that was at 1.51 p.m., so a little over an hour ago, the line has gone haywire. And now the Cowboys... Before that then, before this statement that it's not, I want to play, but it's not my decision, 
the market hadn't really moved on any rumors or anything? No. The the opener was Cowboys minus two and a half. It was then down to minus one and a half. Like immediately. So it had nothing to do with Dak injury potential or whatever. This news comes out, and since it's come out, it's gone from minus one and a half Cowboys to minus two and a half Vikings. Yeah. So the better, yeah. So Dallas is now a two and a half point underdog. Don't want to switch who the perspective on the team. So Dallas was favored by one and a half. Then Dallas now is two and a half point underdog. That was funny when Fezzik came in last week. He goes, AJ, and he would start telling you how you couldn't switch perspectives. Fezzik usually doesn't, you know, he's listening to the show driving. He usually doesn't like mentor people. Should I feel lucky? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> you tell me eventually, we'll see. <laughs> this would be kind of the game show music. Like we can start doing this when you're deciding on like, and do you want to talk about the Little League World Series from 1963 <laughs> so, or Thursday Night Football? So you don't feel like uh, Cowboys favored by one and a half. After this news, the Vikings now favored by two and a half. That doesn't work, huh? What do you think? I mean, I think the fact that you're playing this music tells me probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a big move. How much is Dak worth? Uh, he's worth as much as anyone in the league at this point simply because of the backup situation. Whereas you would make, I don't know if it's Dominic DiNucci, uh, a.k.a. What's his real name? Dominic DiNucci. Yeah, Ben. That's the son of Dominic, I think, allegedly. (laughs) But the, the reality is that there's not a great backup group in Dallas or single quarter quarterback when it comes to backing up Dak. And obviously last year, uh, the red water pistol is no even no because he would be a better backup. Oh, much. Andy Dalton, but he's obviously no longer with the team. Yeah, Cooper Rush, the listed backup on the depth chart. Not I thought he was a receiver. Nope, he's actually a Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is, and Cooper Cup might be a better quarterback than Cooper Rush, to be honest. Uh, Fezzik, so? his quarterback rankings have. Cooper Rush, a six and a half point downgrade from Dak Prescott. And I'm guessing if you look through there, there's going to be six and a half. I think that's a little less than it should be. I think it's probably seven, seven and a half. And the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, in history, the biggest downgrade we've seen has been Aaron Rodgers in his prime prime. And the line moved. And we actually had a example where the line opened up with the thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to play, and then he got hurt during the game that was happening in the interim, and the line moved 10 points. The the only quarterbacks he makes a bigger downgrade, Mahomes to Henney, he has as seven and a half points, Rodgers to Jordan Love, seven and a half points, Brady to Ryan Griffin, seven and a half points. Mm -hmm. So I would say that Dak's probably just as high there. Um, I tend to agree with you. I'd make the case that Aaron Rodgers uh, at this point is probably a little less than that, especially with the first-round pick behind him who looked pretty decent in the preseason. Now, the odds of – it's always interesting to say, are we looking at one game or are we looking at a season? Because there's certain quarterbacks that you think, hey, this guy can run. You know, look at the Rams, what they did last year when they weren't happy with Goff. I can't remember the fellow's name, but it was a quarterback that was a running quarterback, hadn't really been in the league. You, anyone remember? No. Might take a, pull that up, McKenzie. But the uh, – rea- go ahead. Oh, the reality was that – for a short period of time, a running quarterback can do well. Uh, typically, it's hard to maintain that. Over a season, it's going to be very difficult to maintain. I think that there's a situation here with Dak that the fact that the line's moving 
about four points. Now, when it goes through Pick'em, it's a little different. It's a little less important. So let's call it a three-and-a-half-point effective move. Now, that would tell us, if Dak's worth about a touchdown, that there's a 50-50 chance that Dak's going to play. Now, I don't know if that's exactly right, but let's think about the math of that, or at least the logic of that for a second. If I say, here's $10, I'm going to flip a coin. If it's heads, I'm going to give it to you for free. If it's tails, I'm going to buy myself an ice cream sundae with it and give you nothing. Okay? How much is that opportunity worth to you? $10. So it's $10 to win it half the time. Sure. Hmm, let's do that right now. All right, I'll flip a coin. <laughs> you give me 10 bucks. Oh, I thought you were going to give 10 bucks. I can't even eat ice cream. I'm on a diet. I thought that's how this was working. No, no. <laughs> Is this you really not following it or trying to be funny? No, you said if you flipped a coin and you were going to say, if I win, you'll give me $10. And if you win, you're going to keep it for yourself, right? Now, we actually have a caller. We usually don't take calls at this point. And it's a caller talking to. Age about AJ's uh, performance. Oh no! Bunch uh, of callers. <laughs> There's a bunch of callers. Why did we let on so many callers at once? <laughs> no, that that was uh, they do like it's almost like closed circuit viewing. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I haven't done this for a while. I'm gonna turn off AJ's mic. Okay. Try to talk. See? Okay. So I'm going to explain it uninterrupted now. AJ's mic is shut off. Now it'll have to be turned on when he has to do his read, but we'll wait till then. All right. Is if there's half a chance to win 10 bucks, it's worth $5. Right? So if there's half a chance of Dak being out, it would be worth about half of what it is if he's out. If he's out, it's about seven points. So now the line's moving effectively three and a half on the rumor of Dak being out or the possibility, what does that mean? That means there's probably about a 50% chance is one way to look at it. I think there's another way to look at it, which is you could make the case that Dak won't be 100% no matter what. And that some adjustment is going to be warranted regardless. So I say his chance of playing is far better than 50%, but I think the chance of him being 100% is not good at all. So this is, I think, a nod to that. We, we can't know exactly what is the source of this move. It could be people were looking to play Minnesota anyway, and they thought, oh, here's the time to do it because it's not going to get any better for us. Usually when there's news that favors one team, is the movement can be a little bigger than you'd expect because a lot of people that were was waiting to play that team acts quickly. So, Mackenzie, being a Yale graduate, does that make sense? Scans for me, yeah. And not being a Yale graduate, AJ, does that make sense? It's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are straight out of Vegas. By the way, John Wolford, Wolford was the backup quarterback, started week 17, and was going to start, remember, the playoff. I think he did he start one playoff game or not? I can't remember. And he was going, but then he was going to the thumb injury with Goff, and then they had no, because Goff came, came and won that. No, he no. Start, he did he start started and got hurt diving for the end zone. Wolford did, which kind of makes my case. It's hard. <laughs> Usually they last that first game. Okay. In general, how much have you upgraded AJ the Dallas Cowboys? Significantly, probably my biggest upgrade of the season. So of all the teams coming in, Dallas has surprised you the most. Yes. 
And how much of that is driven by the offense? How much of the defense? Now, this is kind of a trick question because perception-wise, what would you say the perception is? I think most people would say the perception is about 60-40 defense. My guess yesterday was 50-50 because the offense has gotten so much better running the football, but I, I think that the defense has improved quite a bit. Yeah, and, and, and that's certainly the perception. Now, one of the things we do, and McKenzie heads this up, pregame.com research, is we look at the projected score of a game. And you can impute any game to a final score before the game starts. So let's do it for the Packers and Cardinals tonight. The line for the total, the over-under, is 50. So that's the total number of points expected. The line is 6, Arizona favored. So what you do is you subtract 6 from 50, and that's 44. Then you divide by 2... That's 22 each, and then you add six back in for the favor. So the projected final here, now this doesn't consider key numbers, right? Like 22 points doesn't happen much, but it's 28-22. Okay, that is what Vegas is saying they expect the score to be near. Because otherwise, one team's going to win by a lot more or win by a lot less or lose, and or there could be a lot more points or less points, but that's going to be a variation from expectation. Well, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys throughout the year, we can figure out how many points they were expected to score every game, how many points they did, and we can look at how many points the opponent was supposed to score, which is about Dallas's defense, and how many they did. And surprisingly, Dallas this year, they've exceeded expectation by nearly nine points a game. So they've, whatever the line is, nine points per game, they've done better. The only team better than that is Arizona this year and Buffalo. So, and Buffalo had some real blowouts, obviously, against bad teams. Mm -hmm. But those are the teams that's got some of the biggest margin. And actually looking at it, Cincinnati is right there, too. Okay. But here's the surprise. Dallas has exceeded expectations on defense by only about one point. On offense, by seven and a half. So, this Dallas team, yeah, the defense hasn't disappointed, but the offense has been about a touchdown plus better than expected. That's over the course of the year. And with Dak limited, likely, this line move makes sense. To repeat, Dallas was a small favorite. Now they're a small underdog. As AJ would say, Dallas was a two-and-a-half point favorite. Then they became a one-and-a-half point favorite. But now Minnesota is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Is that a fair way to say it? That is a fair way to say it. All right. We'll take our <laughs> Not your favorite way to say it, <laughs> but that's take, a way to say it. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Thursday night game. This is, if you, there's different ways to look at it. You could almost make the case this is the biggest Thursday night game ever. That would maybe be a valid case. We don't know about that, but we know that the betting line is interesting because there's been a major move. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens... I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to get into the Thursday night football matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. You think we should play this? This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. I don't think so. Clear eyes. 
<laughs> this is the fastest show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. Thank you. Personally, thank you. Keep spreading the word, telling friends, telling people on Twitter. That's how we grow. That's how you keep this show here, baby. We, we signed a contract. That's a sign. Six, first three years were a success. Thank you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 82 degrees. The neon is pumping. All right, AJ, we had a little disagreement before this, uh, in the commercial. You were saying that you felt like the hypothetical... <laughs> I don't deal in hypotheticals. The hypothetical, hey, if the Cardinals lose, everyone's going to think they're frauds. But if they win, everyone's going to say you should have won because Green Bay's so hurt. Make your case. I think that if the car if the Cardinals beat the Packers tonight, we say, oh, they beat the Packers, but the Packers were missing their top three wide receivers. They were missing their defensive coordinator. It's easy to make excuses for the Packers right now. If the Cardinals lose, it, it's not like they lost to the Packers. They lost to the Packers who were missing their top three wide receivers, who were missing their defensive coordinator. It, it, it makes that loss feel less palatable to me. Okay. So agree that if the line was three and a half and they lose, it'd be, oh, you lost as a three and a half point favorite. Now the line's six, six and a half or so. If you lose, then it's going to be, hey, you lost to a six and a half as a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, there is a three point adjustment for the absences. But apparently, what I've learned this season is when someone has a pet team like the Buffalo Bills and you, for example, for some reason. Last year, Matty Holt's pet team was Buffalo. I don't know why this happens, but okay. They ended up being pretty good. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> when they lose Buffalo this year, they, Pittsburgh they lost to by like a touchdown. And the response was, oh, no, they should have won that game. So somehow it's like, let's dig into the box score, put one eye closed, stand on one foot, and look at a certain angle, and maybe we can see the game differently than the actual final score. Or... When they lost against Tennessee, it was, uh, they were one play away from winning. So when do losses count and when don't they? Because it seems like to me, Arizona is the only team that doesn't have a loss. And thus, if they lose, no matter what happens, they can make an excuse. So losses always count. But when we're talking well, about... Apparently, Buffaloes don't. Well, if we're talking about projecting the future, we have yeah. to we have to at but least say... what else say, could we be talking about? Then we have to at least look at the past and say, okay, this this final... Like, just saying it's a, a there's a, a win column and a mm -hmm. loss column... That doesn't tell you enough. Well, but that's interesting because when you were saying how you didn't like a certain coach before the season started, you said, well, he he's, hasn't even won 500% or 50% of his games. He's a losing coach. How could he be good? So I thought winning well, and losing I said, how could he be a top 10 coach? And yeah, I stand by so, that. So, so what you're saying is winning and losing doesn't tell the whole story, but it tells the story when it's convenient. L listen, the guys who are hiring and firing coaches, they don't care about the point spread. Oh. We do. Do we not? Well, point spread? What, well, what's this got to do with the point spread? Well, isn't that what we spend a lot of our time doing, trying no. to figure out point spreads? No, I think the point spread is... Well, yes, but the point spread is just another way of saying expectation. About half of our audience doesn't bet because they understand, and they're very intelligent about it, that the expectation tonight is for Arizona to win by six. If they win by 10, they've exceeded expectation. If they lose, they've fallen short of expectation. And thus, yeah, that helps frame the conversation. But in, And I agree with you. In general, people overreact to wins and losses. But I don't think owners who fire 
uh, coaches typically are dumb when it comes to things like that. But, but Andy Reid was four and twelve against the spread last year. I don't think anybody was sitting up in, in the uh, Chiefs' offices going, "Oh, we just keep not meeting expectations." Of course not. Okay, so we're in agreement then. I'm confused. Somehow you brought point spreads into it when I didn't. I never mentioned point spreads. So like, let's get back to the well, idea. Well, you did say you said a three and a half point favorite versus six and a half point yeah. favorite a loss. And the point spread was saying that's a way to gauge how big of a loss it was. I wasn't saying do you cover or don't cover. That's how owners make decisions. But let's try to. I, you like to bring topics to other places. Let's try to like bring it back to the topic at hand. Is why would Arizona be penalized any more? than any other team that's lost this year because every team's lost, but all the good teams have an excuse. Wouldn't Arizona get an excuse? Or does this have to do about the fact that Arizona wasn't supposed to be near this good? Everyone's befuddled about it. And thus, whenever there's going to be a counterfactual, whenever something goes against this, we're going to point and say, there's the truth. Sure. And, and you, that's faulty. Well, you've talked about how much you you value last year's data as we get into this year. Like there right, should so, be. So let me be clear. What I talk about is the priors, which is if we only have six, seven, eight games to assess, those aren't enough games. Because under that theory, if it were, the Jets would be thinking about drafting another quarterback <laughs> right now. And so would a lot of teams. But maybe the, the Jets should be. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, now, yeah, but it's not contradicting my point. But maybe if they are, it would be about the prior. Um, uh, it would be about them having doubts about him to start with. I guess the question is, if you're, if you're sure about someone's character or sure about some quality of theirs... The if they do so, if you know someone for ten years and they're a good person, and then for a couple of days they're acting less than good, are you thinking they've changed as a person, or are you thinking you know there must be some reason for this, some aberration? Now the flip side is when you don't have a long history, it's hard to know anything about people, about teams, and thus with seven games in a season, we don't know that much about any of these teams, even Arizona that's undefeated, or even a, a, a Detroit team. Now, we know Arizona's probably better than Detroit, but we don't know a lot more than that. So, what you got to believe in is what happened before, the priors. And, and now, what formula do you use for that? It's a mystery. If anyone knew, that would be the way to beat the point spread, for sure, and... Thus, the point spread would account for that eventually. That's the thing. Once something's solved, there's no edge to it. So you talk about all this stuff, it gets back to bias and trying to avoid bias. And my question to you again is, why wouldn't Arizona get the chance to just dismiss one of these games? Because seemingly every other team, especially your favorite teams, get to do that. I think they could, but I think that it would be more difficult given the fact that they this wasn't a loss to a full-strength Packers team. But how good is this full-strength Packers team? They're six points worse in Arizona. How good were the Steelers against Buffalo in week one? Well, they were better. But, but, but how good were they based on expectation coming in? Oh, they were seven points worse. Six points so worse. So Buffalo's loss was, well, it was six and a half or so. So yeah. Buffalo's loss was worse. Yes. But somehow Arizona would get more heat. But Buffalo was in the AFC Championship last year, so those priors tell us that we believe Buffalo is real. Arizona last year was not good. So everything we've seen this year, there is, I mean, it's just human nature to have that doubt in your head saying, I just don't know if this is, because this isn't what we've seen from Kingsbury, what we haven't seen from Murray. This is all new to them. This is a good example of if you keep, 
in poker, they talk about uh, second-level thinking, third-level thinking. So what's an example of that? Is if I have aces, if I'm strong, second-level thinking is I want to act weak. And if I act weak, people are going to think I'm weak. So now I look at my aces and I go, ah, I almost throw them in. I go, you know, I'll give it one try. And you splash the pot. And then the flop comes and it's deuce, seven, nine. So it's a real good flop for aces. So now they bet and check and you go, ah, you know, just one time I'm going to bet. Okay, so that's second level thinking. Third level thinking is, well, wait a minute. Everyone knows if you act weak, you're probably strong. So I'm going to act strong so they think I'm weak. Okay? That's viable, and they do that sometimes in poker. But then there's fourth level thinking. Oh, you're losing me. Now, but that <laughs> but that's the whole point. Is once fourth level thinking is the same as second level thinking. Because what would you do then? You're gonna act weak. Right. But I'm not acting weak because I think it's gonna fool them. I'm gonna act weak because they know I wouldn't act weak. And thus, if I was really strong, I'd act strong. So if I'm acting weak, it means I'm actually weak. <laughs> Right? Okay. Yeah, do, do so, five. what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, it's the same thing, just keep going. Is what I'm saying is that you're right. The priors actually matter more than people think. But you, for most people, the priors work or are applicable, they matter for the wrong reason. Because they think, I had a bias coming in. Coming in the season, most of us are going to think last year is the truth, and thus this team stinks and this team's good, right? Miami's almost a playoff team. Arizona finished the year two and seven or whatever. Okay, but in truth, that's the wrong way to think about it. A lot of things change. but So it's not about the bias, but what it's about is looking at the stats, digging in and figuring out how good teams actually are, and then understanding only a handful of games this year ain't going to make the difference. It ain't going to make the difference compared to last year. Thus, is Kansas City really a bad team? No, they looked bad for a while now. Now, are they as good as last year? No. And thus, it's very interesting that oftentimes, and this is the final point, that people who are square come to the same conclusion as people who are sharp just for different reasons, like second level or fourth <laughs> level thinking. Eventually, they just meet up. But if you are on the sharp or the square side, it doesn't matter how you got there. It's the wrong side. Because square equals public likes it equals expensive. So imagine if you figured out that there's a house in a certain neighborhood and that neighborhood is got this special school that's going to open up in two years. It's going to make all the property value go up 50%. Now, you've got this really intelligent reason for that. You understand why that school is going to be or why that property is going to go up. But then there's a YouTube star that opens up and uh, a YouTube a YouTube star that is uh, moves into the neighborhood and all of a sudden everyone's like, well, this Luke Perry or whatever the guy's name is, the house's values go up because everyone wants to live next to this famous person. It's like it's the same reasons or it's different reasons, but it's the same result is the place, the value goes up. And to me, you might think, well, they, they're doing it for the wrong reason. And it's like, it doesn't matter. The house is now expensive. So in general, stay away from the public. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm going to let it be dealer's choice, AJ. What We got a few minutes before 
our update. What topic do you want to address? Dealer's choice. I'll ask you this to round up this conversation. If the Packers were without Aaron Rodgers instead of these receivers, would you devalue a Cardinals win over the Packers more than you do with the receivers missing? Well, it's just simple math. It's how much is Aaron Rodgers worth? Well, we seven and a half. Okay, and how much are these receivers worth? Apparently three. So, yes, by four points less. <laughs> but you would devalue it? Yeah. Okay. Just I, I think in general, if you say what's the spread, and that tells you what is supposed to happen generally, and if it wasn't what was supposed to happen, then you could make it quit your job and just bet sports. Because <laughs> you can always say when the spread's wrong. And not that you have to be right all the time. You just got to be right 55%. If one out of 20 times you win a game more than a coin flip, you can make a, living, a big living at this. Millions, actually. If you can just hit 55%. So let's assume the spread. Most people are working their jobs because they can't do that. And as much as I have put my life into doing this, and I do it quite well, I don't want to have that be my only source of income, because it's not easy. So that means the spread's pretty right. So in a way, it's a handicap. When we think about handicappers, what are they doing? They're saying, well, this team's better, this team's worse. They're handicapping it. And to me, that's the best way to say, I don't care what the reason is. A monsoon, injury, uh, they're not motivated. Let the spread guide you. And that's why when we talk about ATS margin, Arizona has exceeded the spread this year by 12 points per game. That is number one in the NFL. Next is Buffalo at 11.4. So those are the two teams that succeeded expectations the most. And to me, whatever scenario causes a line to move, it probably is correct generally, and it's a good way to gauge how well a team's playing. And wouldn't you say Arizona has exceeded expectations? Of course, especially than... especially coming into the season's expectations. So who would you guess are teams? In fact, let's do this. I'm going to tell you the three teams that have fallen short of expectation the most. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. All right. I tell you this, the Steelers, I love the Steelers in a lot of ways. I actually have a Steelers shirt on, but that's the only team I really root for, like hardcore. But that is so weak. And we're going to we're going to trade them out of or we want to trade them out of conference. If you make a trade, it means you think you're gaining more than you're giving. Wouldn't you want to gain more than you give with your most competitive team? I would want to trade most with Baltimore if I was Pittsburgh because I think I'm going to depance them on the trade. That's don't I want to, if I'm going to gain, don't I want to take away from the team that I'm competing with? Belichick will trade. Who did he trade Drew Bledsoe to? The Buffalo Bills. He said, hey, you want to say it again? And then kicked his ass a few years in a row. Really good record against Bledsoe. Mackenzie, when did you start interjecting without being asked questions? Uh, today's the first time. I'm not sure why. Yeah, d- stop it. <laughs> Let me give you a little tip. Don't do that, please. Okay. <laughs> is he doing shots of Hennessy back there or something? I don't know what it is. I don't know. Here are the three. <laughs> Here's the four teams, actually. Can I make some guesses? Yes. The football team? They're number four. So the fourth worst team against expectation, which is another way of saying their ATS margin, uh, the negative six or 5.6 points per game. The Dolphins. They're the number two worst, 8.7 points per game, short of expectation. The Chiefs. 
The Chiefs are number three, 7.3 points. And this one's kind of a shot in the dark. I just know they've been blown out a bunch of times. The Jets would be... Yeah, the Jets are number one. Now, when you say shot in the dark, like you had this sheet yesterday, right? Uh, no, but I, I didn't. You I didn't know see you that. Didn't have this no, sheet? I didn't. Well, I did have that sheet. I didn't look at that stat. So but, it was a shot in the dark. Well, the, the the first three I had a good feeling about because those were teams that had high expectations coming in and have clearly fallen short. The, the Jets, I actually thought would have been the okay. would have been better than those teams because we knew they were going to be bad. So the four teams that have been worse, from worst to fourth: Jets, Miami, Kansas City. Washington. When we come back, I'm going to do this for the fans, for the people. Usually I only have a prop bet on Monday night. I've left Thursday to AJ. AJ started red hot. How'd you do last Thursday? I won last week. How'd you do the Thursday before? I lost that one. So you're not undefeated? Not undefeated. Do you have one for tonight? I do. So we're going to double shot it, baby. RJ and AJ, you know what order that goes in. (laughs) He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Let's continue to take a look at this Thursday night football game. Did you ever listen to like... uh Rock music like WDVE in Pittsburgh. That well, I never, I've never been to Pittsburgh, so no. You know, DVE is one of the most famous rock stations in the country. But I'm a rocker through and through, baby. Really? Oh yeah. Who was your band growing up? Uh, I, my my mom. If you don't say Zeppelin, then I don't want to hear. I it. love Zeppelin. I also love ZZ Top. I would Ooh. say they're from Texas. Aren't they, they are. Uh, okay. I love the Stones. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love the Stones? All right. We got a double shot Thursday night football line right now. Arizona, home team favored by six. There's some six and a halves out there against the Packers. You want to give a little overview of the absences? Who's in, who's out? Yeah, the top three receivers for Green Bay all out. Uh, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was, has been out, but he was... He was thought, maybe he could have came he back. He could have come back from IR. He couldn't. Uh, there was thoughts that maybe Lazard would be able to clear protocol because he was a close contact, but he's unvaccinated, so that became problematic. And Devontae Adams is going to end up one day short. If, it were, if the game were Friday, he would be able to play because it's Thursday. He can't play and then for Arizona, uh, they get Chandler Jones back tonight, more than likely, but they lose J.J. Watt for the season uh, after the news that he's having shoulder surgery. It's going to be interesting. With Watt, there was a lot of like mocking of the signing. Like You're paying a premium for a guy that's past his prime. He's made a big difference to this team on the field, and by most reports, the Cardinals have benefited from his presence in the locker room. Got to wonder, is he going to be around this game, future games? Because that could be half his value or so. If you actually look at the cash and tickets, pregame.com, you can go just click Game Center and see the cash and tickets. 53% of the cash on Arizona, 52% of the tickets on the Packers. That is about a coin flip. But AJ, you don't do coin flips. When it comes to your prop bets, what's your record on Thursday? Five and two. That's pretty good. That's over fifty percent. Do your calculator. Yeah. <laughs> now you got one. I got one. Let's start with your prop bet. All right. I'm going to go with Green Bay running back Aaron Jones over forty four and a half receiving yards. You take away all those receivers. Who is the most reliable guy? 
Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been a security blanket for Aaron Rodgers in the past when things when Devontae Adams has been hurt or out. So what do you take on that six and zero without Adams? I don't know how much I buy in. I mean, the Packers win a lot of games. So. Yeah, because but the theory is if a guy's instrumental, now Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Or like 30%. It's ugly. it's ugly. So, in general, if you're saying this guy's so important that if he's out, oh my God, what are we going to do? Then you shouldn't win a lot of games. Because yeah. in theory, he doesn't make a difference. I mean, he makes a difference, but maybe not, not that big of a difference. I believe that Aaron Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that whoever's around him, he's going to make them pretty good. I mean, so uh, then you got to love the Packers here. Uh, I kind of do like that. I think the Packers you are the only like battable it. side. Why wouldn't you love them? Because well, the point I'm making is that they're getting six. Right. If you think well, that, six, if you think the yeah six six and a half. If you think these absences don't mean as much as the market, that's the definition of when to bet it. If it were just Adams, I would love it. But I think the the group of guys, and now you're talking about Randall Cobb and a guy I've never even heard of. I th- I think now you're starting to get to where it's it's so thin that I mean, what happens if Randall Cobb gets injured? Now who are you throwing? A guy I've never heard. What happens of if Aaron Rodgers gets injured? Well, then yeah, you're screwed anyway. But continue. Yeah, but uh, but I think that they lean on that passing game out of the backfield. Aaron Jones over 44 and a half receiving yards is going to be my prop bet tonight. All right, Aaron Jones over. That's A.J. Hoffman. And listen to the pro. Don't listen to no Joe, man. Oh, who hit that? That was weird. I don't know. That implied you were the Joe. That was probably McKenzie. Okay. Uh, Just jumping in. All right. (laughs) R.J. Bell here reporting. We're going with an over, which I typically don't, but over with Cobb, his receptions. Four and a half. And the juice is towards the over. It's actually minus 175. So this is a lot. But here's why. It's not just... And remember, we could go at it with um, yardage over. And why don't we get to the latest yardage just to kind of reference the difference. But here's what we don't want to forget. Aaron Rodgers made a point to break Cobb in. How great would it be for a guy who's very egocentric... We'd agree with that, right? Absolutely. We're not talking about we're me. Talking about, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, not Randall Cobb. Yeah. Yes. Is I think he would like nothing more if in his fantasy it would be Cobb has a bunch of receptions, a bunch of yards. But how do you get a guy a bunch of yards in the receptions? You throw you the ball to him. him. So I think you're going to see. And what do you do to kind of juice up those numbers? Some dump offs, some all things equal. Aaron Rodgers has more motivation more motivation to throw to Cobb than any receiver he's had in a long time because today's the game he could be leading SportsCenter, Randall Cobb. And Aaron Rodgers would rather Randall Cobb lead SportsCenter than him lead SportsCenter, at least this one day. Over four and a half. The over-under for yardage is 55 and a half. But I think this this is better because he will give him a couple dump-offs probably just to juice it. Over four and a half, lay the vig. Okay, now... Big game tonight. Let's enjoy it. And I think another important factor to keep in mind is Arizona has been lucky in a lot of ways. If you look at things like their third and fourth down conversions, their turnovers. So I think they're a lot better than we thought. But I think it's fair to say this team has been lucky. In fact, if you add up all the points with a luck measure, you could make the case that Arizona has been lucky by 214 points this year. There's only been one, two, three, 
four teams over 100 points. So there were over 200 and only four other teams over 100 in the positive. Yeah, and remember Green Bay has seen a lot of bad quarterbacks. Their defense isn't as good as the record says. If you missed any of today's show. Especially when we showed that second level and fourth level thinking is the same thing. (laughs) Check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow. And remember, tomorrow we've got our most famous and popular segment. We go over every NFL game and give you one tidbit on each and every one. That's 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. You'll hear it right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!